Well, good morning, my friends. We are still in our series, Basic Christianity, from the book John Stott. And um, I found it incredibly um, important to talk about something this morning, and that is the character of Christ. There is an absolute all-out assault on Christ's identity and character, and we need to know his character, and we need to know how to defend it from the Scripture. I saw a sign the other day. Don't know if it was real. Don't know if it was you know, imposed, but it looked like it was a real sign and it was a protester and said, if Jesus shows up again, let's kill him again. It is very important that we understand that what's under attack is everything to you and I. It is who Christ is. It is his sinless nature. It is the fact that he's not just a prophet or a good man, and we need to be able to defend that. We need to be able to, from the word of God, uh, not from our emotions or not just say, well, I, my pastor said so, but it's so important to defend his character and his name. There's a fabulous story on this. I want to take a little time this morning and unpack um, this story that many of us have heard uh, on multiple occasions. It's in John chapter 8, and it's the first 11 verses, and it's about the woman caught in adultery. I want to read them, and then I want to teach from the uh, NIV study Bible and uh, and talk about why this story just reveals the character of Christ and why what he says about himself in the story is super important. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 1, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives um, and then at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. He went up to the mountain to pray He comes down from the mountain after praying, and at dawn he appears in the temple courts, one of the times during the day that he would have been there, and he gathered, uh, people gathered around him to sit down so that he could teach him. Remember, Jesus was considered kind of an itinerant rabbi, so he was given access to teach. Uh, Verse 3, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group. Teachers of the law were people who were um, heavily invested in the law. And it says there were Pharisees as well who thought themselves to be the most pious and the most holy of the group. Um, Adultery. Common sense says it's a sin that cannot be committed alone. So the question arises as to why only one offender was brought. And we'll we'll look a little farther here and we'll see the reason for this. Uh, Verse 4, they made her stand before the group. Verse 3, and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. So they didn't... um, They didn't try to hide their intentions here. They drug her out in front of everybody, probably very scantily clad if she had any clothes on at all, and she stood before them. But again, where is the other man? And here's the important thing about their law. Their law said uh, there had to be a witness who caught them in adultery. So if there was a witness, there was obviously someone else who was involved in adultery, not just the woman. Verse 6, they were using this question as a trap in order to uh, have a basis for accusing them. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Caught in the act. They wanted to stone the woman according to law. The problem is they were not um, even being honest with their law. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, uh, verses uh, 23 and 24, Deuteronomy 22 
22, 23, and 24, it says, If a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both the man who slept with her and the woman must die. You must purge Israel of this evil. If a man happens to meet in a town, a virgin pledged to be married, and he sleeps with her, you shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. Uh, the girl, the girl, because she was in a town and she did not scream for help, and the man, because he violated another man's wife, and you must purge the evil from among them. Again, the situation required both of them to be stoned, not just one. Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 10. If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. This was a test. This was not about adultery in this situation. Uh, they use this question as a trap. Well, why was it a trap? Because the Romans did not allow the Jews to carry out their death sentence. So if Jesus had said to stone her, he could have been in conflict with the Romans. If he had said not to stone her, he could have been accused of being unsupported of the law. And so he bends down and he begins to write in the dirt. Verse 7, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, if any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Notice what he says to them. The phrase is, quite general and means this, without any sin, not without this sin. He didn't say if you're not guilty of adultery, then you can go ahead and throw the stone. He said if you're not guilty of any sin, you can go ahead and throw the stone. Verse 8, after that, he again, he stoops down and wrote on the ground. Verse 9, at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, and until only Jesus was left with the woman and standing where why the older ones first because they had obviously been alive longer and committed more sin they were first to realize uh, what was involved they were first to realize that what Jesus said was not if you're guilty of adultery he said no if you're guilty of any sin then you can go ahead and first throw the first stone but all the men were grief uh, stricken and they went away or conscious uh, was stricken and they went away. And then Jesus looks up and says to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said, that neither do I condemn thee. Jesus said, uh, go now and leave your sin. We need to recognize in this situation what Jesus was saying was that the only person in this particular story, in this situation, that was sinless was him. Jesus claimed to be sinless. Jesus showed his um, character by the way he treated this woman who was poorly treated, but obviously guilty. Look at verse uh, 17 of chapter 1 in John. John 1, 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Why is it so important that we read the scripture and read these stories and understand it? Because we need to understand who we serve. We need to be able to defend his character. Not only that, but his sinlessness is the key to our being forgiven. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God, because of, um, of a payment that needed to be exacted for sin, exacted that payment upon his son 
for our sin. And that is incredibly important because no one else could have paid the price for our sin. And therefore, the sinless Son of God paid the price for your sin and mine. Let's go farther about what that means. Not only are we forgiven, which is an amazing thing, but look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the face we faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We, like the woman taken in adultery, are are sinful people, but Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, has paid the price for our sin. He is worth defending. He is not defenseless. He is not just a prophet. He is not just a good man. He is the sinless Savior of all who will come to him. And you and I are responsible to know the scripture so that we can defend not just him, but defend our faith. Let me pray for us in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you till we talk again.